Hi there, my name's Ethan McIntyre. Today, we're going to go on a journey into the world of science fiction. Thanks for joining me on this beautiful robot odyssey. Hi folks, I just wanted to take a minute here before the episode starts to give you a heads up. There's some audio issues a little ways into this episode. Some of the audio gets kind of staticky and unpleasant, but it doesn't last very long and... The episode does kind of resume its normal quality after a minute or two, so it is not for the whole episode, thankfully. If you can power through that part, then things get back to normal. So yeah, just wanted to give you a quick warning about that, and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Beautiful Robot Odyssey. Today we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel, the 2019 MCU film. I'm pretty sure it was 2019. I don't remember. (laughs) I probably should have (laughs) double-checked. Anyway, uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. And joining me for this episode is a very special guest. (laughs) You want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Caitlin. This is my wife. (laughs) I should have seen that coming. I thought for sure you did. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know I had to do it. You know I had to do it. And now it's going to be on the internet for everyone to hear. Lovely. <laughs> I know some people think that Borat jokes got played <laughs> out like 10 years ago, but I think they're still very nice. Oh, God. <laughs> Why? Uh, I, <laughs> it's, I only do it because <laughs> you hate it. Like, it's so much funnier. Yeah. If you did not react, then I would not find it funny at all. Good to know. <laughs> anyway, yes, this is my lovely wife, Caitlin. Aww. And uh, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel. Also known as Carol Danvers. Yeah, that's a true fact. Yeah. Uh, before we get started on the subject, mm-hmm. what would you say are your science fiction like roots like? Um, not much to be honest. I'm more fantasy based than sci-fi. I mean, I watched Star Trek the movies when they came out, like the new new ones. Oh yeah, you haven't seen like Wrath of Khan and no, all that good stuff. Not at all. Does Star Wars count? I yeah. That's come up a couple times already. I didn't watch um, those until college. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think that's, you said that you wouldn't marry me if I didn't watch those. I am almost positive that that's yeah. true. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other sci-fi stuff. Uh, you like those dragon books? Yeah, I do like the... Was it Anne McCaffrey? No, that's not quite right. Uh, Anne McCaffrey. Thank you. Um, I really liked her books. Growing up, I read a trio of her trilogy of hers. But they read more fantasy than sci-fi, at least the ones that I've read so far. Yeah. But yeah, I do like those. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting... I've talked before about how Star Wars is basically a fantasy story that has sci-fi trappings. And I feel like Dragon Riders of Pern is almost the inverse of that, where it's like... (laughs) It feels like a fantasy thing. Yeah. But when you it's look so at the sci-fi. Right. When you look at the world building, it's all like, well, human colonists came to this planet yeah. such and such ago. And uh the big scary bad like plague thing is like a specific kind of fungus that It's like from a like, star thing that or, like <laughs> right. it's going around the star and when it gets warm enough, it like 
drops onto the planet and kills everything organic. Right. Like, it's a very, like, it's not just, like, it's an evil, yeah. like, death rain. It's like, well, see, it's this mutated <laughs> fungus and it comes from the yeah. orbit of this planetoid. And, like... <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's like, there's dragons, but they're it's really... It's not really dragons. <laughs> right, they're genetically <laughs> modified lizards that were bred for hundreds of years. <laughs> like, it's all it's all got really specific yeah. science fiction grounding to it, which is really cool, I think. I like how well sci-fi stuff can merge with fantasy stuff. I they do, They kind of go hand in hand. It's all imagination-based. Like, what could be? I will call slight bullshit on dragon riders yeah for what? um spoilers if you haven't read the series <laughs> everything is all like smart and sci-fi mm-hmm. except then they're like and also there's time travel i guess <laughs> which they just like don't really they're just like yeah the dragons can time travel no no you you'll get to it when you read the ones i'm on currently because it's the the quote-unquote dragons they can go called in between uh-huh. travel from space to some from spot to spot and only like one person could travel through time. She's, oh. she's the main one that could do it. Uh, she's like special in some way. I don't remember why. Okay. It's not everyone can do that. Okay. That's still a little <laughs> cheap though. Yeah. Like that's that leans a little into the like chosen one yeah. kind of thing. Um I think it has something to do with her bloodline or something. I don't know. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. So what that would... was a big tangent. <laughs> Uh, last episode, Derek and I talked for like five minutes about the Dianoga from Star Wars. So, nice. yeah, tangents are going to be a thing. We should, once you read more of it, we should do an episode on that. Totally. Also, I wanted to do a quick correction since I just brought it up. Last episode, <laughs> talking about the Dianoga, we referred to it as the Dianoga as though that were the monstrous species the whole time. In fact, it is just a character named oh. Diane Oga. Don't even. <laughs> You told me this after you recorded and I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what would you say your um, favorite fictional robot is? The one that always comes to mind is the Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. He's cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. That's a solid robot. I mean, I didn't really grow up watching Transformers and things like that. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Gotcha. How about you? I assume you already probably told him. No, Derek didn't ask what? back. Thanks, Derek. Real considerate <laughs> Jeez, of your Derek. friend. Um, but no, it's uh, <laughs> Polly's birthday robot from Rocky oh, Four. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> Obvious answer. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> I haven't even seen that movie, but I know that from Ethan. He does it all the time. <laughs> it's it's a crowning achievement in American cinema. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, and also all the robots from the Star Wars stuff, except for C-3PO. But he got better in the more recent ones. C-3PO is the part, the one part that I liked in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he's actually very funny in that movie. His entire plot line is stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Why can he translate the thing if it's illegal to do? Why can he? Why does he understand the language if he can't legally translate it? Why would they program them like that? Yeah. Why would you even program it in there if you knew that they could... Like, what, did Anakin, as a kid, <laughs> like, jailbreak his protocol droid <laughs> to be able to, like, translate a language that a 10-year-old kid on Tatooine should not even know exists? I mean, he's Anakin. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> Remember when it was real sad that they wiped his memory, and then at the end they were just like, "Never mind." Yeah. Um, cool, cool movie. Doesn't cool, cool, bring cool, up any cool movie. Emotions for you, does it? Anyway, <laughs> Captain Marvel. Yeah. So let's see. We. <laughs> <laughs> I got into Captain Marvel from reading comics, which we did. When was that that we started reading? We started reading comics in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah. It was when we were living in our first apartment. Yeah. So. So I first started getting more hardcore into like DC things with Wonder Woman, stuff like that. But um, I took a hard turn into Marvel with Captain Marvel was, I think, one of the first main ones I got into. Yeah, that was a big one. We were reading yeah. the Kelly Sue DeConnick run. Oh, yeah, she's great. And I, I just really connected with her as a character. I like her spirit. She seems, even when things get tough, she seems to be a fairly positive person. She always fights through things with a lot of snark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I love all the different characters that are around her and stuff. And so, of course, my love of her in the comics... Also translated to love for in the movie. Yeah. And I think, so I remember watching Captain Marvel and... Mm-hmm. We w- watched it in the movie theater when it came out, right? Right. Yeah. I, I remember watching it in the theater and coming away from it like, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. And not really like feeling strongly one way or the other. I loved it. <laughs> um, rewatching it to talk about it for this, mm-hmm. I, I feel like... I liked, I connected with it way more. I definitely came away from this one with like, that was really good. Yeah. I think I had a bad run with Marvel movies for a little Mm. bit there. Because this one came out after Endgame. And Endgame was another one where I was like, the first watching, or uh, not Endgame, sorry, Infinity War. This one came out right after Infinity War, right? And... Infinity War was another one that, like, we went and saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. and we came out of it, and I was like, eh, that was fine. Insanity. And then the next time we watched, I think we went back to theaters again. I think so. Because I I'd had a really bad weekend that weekend, and I was yeah. like, I think I probably need to, I think my mood influenced my take a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we went back and watched it again, and that the second time I was like, oh, that yeah, that kicked ass. <laughs> <laughs> So I think I just had, like, a thing with Marvel movies for a while where they didn't, like, hit me right yeah. on the first watch. But, yeah, this second time I was definitely like, oh, no, this movie's, like, real good, yeah, actually. it's so fun. It I is a lot of fun. I how light it is. I mean, there's a lot of heavy stuff in it. Spoilers, by the way, if you haven't watched it, go watch it now, please. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the whole, yeah, the like, whole thing. Any part of it we're going to probably talk about. Yeah, it has some heavy things with, like, Wars between two races of people have been going on for pretty much forever, I think. A long time. Yeah. I don't think they specify, but... So it has heavy stuff like that, because they get into the war things. But it's also really light and funny. Like, interactions between Carol and Fury are hilarious. They're, whoever's idea was to <laughs> make the movie, like, a buddy cop yeah. thing with Captain Marvel and Nick Fury is a genius. <laughs> that is a super good it. formula. It is. <laughs> they bounce off each other really well. I agree. And, I mean, just Samuel Jackson's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that he actually got to have a substantial role yeah. in a film. Like, he's... Fury is traditionally a fairly background character. Even in, like, 
the first Avengers movie and uh, like Winter Soldier, where he has kind of a bigger role. He's mostly the guy kind of giving orders. He's not that yeah. involved in the main plot. I mean, Avengers was probably his, like the first Avengers was probably his biggest role before mm-hmm. this, right? And he's like, what, in the the fight at the beginning when Hawkeye steals the Tesseract? And that's mm-hmm. like yeah. about it. Other than that, he's just kind of, the leader guy, and yeah. he yells at the council at the end and stuff He's like that. He's kind of sidelined, yeah. That's true. I, I never noticed that before. It's a good point. So I liked that he had more to do in this. And I think they play off each other really well. Like <laughs> I um, agree. Samuel L. Jackson and Brie Larson have good like on-screen chemistry, they I feel do. like. Yeah, I agree with that. So one thing, I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a criticism of the movie. Just a thing that I noticed. I don't feel like... On screen, Carol is actually very similar to comic book Carol, really? personality wise. I feel like this time I was seeing a lot of connection between them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a straight shot between them, but I think I do feel like the core of Carol was portrayed there. Yeah. Like her tenacity was there, her humor, even though everybody always says, Carol, you're not very funny. But. The humor is the main thing that I thought was different, really? to be honest. Yeah. So? I don't know. I feel like she's more snarky one-liner mm. in the movie. I, I don't feel like she's as fun in the comics, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I, she does have some fun one-liners and stuff, though. Yeah. I think they did amp it up a bit to make it more entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think so, too. And again, like, I don't, that's not necessarily a criticism. I like both versions. Mm -hmm. I don't think one is better or anything like that. Uh, And it's also kind of by necessity of how the movie is set up. Yeah. I think you can't really get Carol as she is in the comics. Yeah. Because I think a lot of, I think where a lot of Carol's personality comes from in the comics is going through this stuff that, She's been through, I mean, even going through the Air Force stuff mm-hmm. that she's been through and having to, like, struggle through that and then... Read it... a magazine? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, well, because uh, a lot of her 70s stuff mm-hmm. is very 70s and 80s stuff, which I haven't read, but you have. A little bit. And I, I know her from X-Men, first okay, and foremost, yeah, yeah. which... <laughs> I remember that now. Yeah, she she it's was real great. Well, yeah, yeah, and she she factored into a decent chunk of Claremont run. I mean, not like in the grand scheme of things. I mean, the dude wrote that book for like fifteen years, so Carol's part in it was like relatively small yeah. overall. But she she was around for like a year or so mm-hmm. um, during Brood War and all that kind of stuff. Her her military background comes up a lot, and there's a lot of there's a lot of like. I don't know a whole lot about feminism from a um, like an academic standpoint, mm. like which I only bring up to say like I don't know if the '80s was like second wave feminism <laughs> or you know what I mean. I yeah. know that there are classifications, but I'm not personally familiar with them. Same. But yeah. I feel like that was a big part of how she interacted with characters in in that period was like. Very much about taking on like misogynists yeah. and and the I mean, fact even that her own dad she had right. a fight with that kind of stuff right 
that that stuff you can't really dig into in this movie because yeah. she spends so much of it not having any of her memories yeah, from Earth. It, it's hard to have her nuanced background with the way they set it up, but that could be like a sequel thing. Like. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think moving forward, mm-hmm. they there's room to kind of bring her, bring those elements back. Yeah. And for what it's worth, handling a story without giving her that explicit background yeah. until like really late. They still pull off a bunch of it with mm-hmm. how, with her interactions with Yon Rog and stuff like that. Yeah, and I love how they do kind of give you a glimpse of her background when the scrolls are messing around in her memories trying to find information. Yeah, You get so many flashes, and I think it does a really good job of letting you get to know who she is. That whole memory exam sequence early on is so good. Yeah. I forgot how great that was. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting both as a way to get to know... It's interesting as a way to get to know Carol. Yeah. It's interesting as a setup for the greater, like, mysteries and plot of the film. Showing, yeah. like, why are her memories like this if she's supposed to be, you know, a Cree warrior. Mm-hmm. And it's also... It gives you interesting insight into the scrolls. Yeah, because they could actually do that. Well, right, and, like, Talos is narrating the whole time, essentially, <laughs> yeah. and, like, there's... Isn't that right? Are we in the right person? <laughs> there's that really good part r- right at the end of it where <laughs> they're trying to see Lawson's, yeah. um, like... ID tag or something. Yeah, exactly. She keeps walking out of frame and then walking in yeah. from the other side and saying the same line, and, like... You know what? That's so cool. That reminds me of... Bly Manor. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Going back is important. Yeah. <laughs> did I did I make that joke when we were watching no, it? No, you or did, did not. I what did I cuz I I just remember doing that recently. Oh no, it was when we were watching Food Wars and somebody <laughs> said they were a sous chef and I was like yeah. that means I only got to cut vegetables. <laughs> but yeah, it was very it was very much like that. That whole yeah. sequence was really good. And I love how throughout the movie whenever she did see glimpses of memories like, when she went to the bar that she used to hang out in, all the memories kind of appeared with, like, a shimmer, like a aurora kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really liked the visual that they went with there. It was cool. Yeah. It was kind of reminded me of her energy signatures. Because she has all, all of her powers are energy-based. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. I think, um, I think Brie Larson did a really good job also, just mm-hmm. from a, um, an acting standpoint. I think she was a good casting choice she's a perfect fit i was unsure when they first announced her as being carol but i think it was right on speaking of great performances lashana lynch who plays maria rambeau Mm. kills it (laughs) yeah like wow she's amazing in that movie she is yeah her whole speech to carol in their first scene together in when Carol has, like, come back and been like, I don't have any of my memories, but apparently you knew me. Yeah. And they're in Maria's kitchen and stuff. Fury and Monica leave to go do something so that... Go get the jacket, I think. Yeah, so that Maria and Carol can talk alone. Yeah. And uh, Maria gives this really emotional speech about living the last six years, Mm -hmm. like, having lost her best friend and watching the 
you know, Pegasus Project cover it up. And like, yeah. I was like legitimately like deeply moved yeah. by that whole speech. She does an excellent job. I mean, perfect delivery. I agree. And you could believe the emotion behind that. Absolutely. Yeah. And she is also completely believable as a badass later on in the <laughs> yeah. film. Like, she, I'm kind of bummed that this is like a flashback story yeah. and we probably won't really get more of like Maria in the future because she's just really, really good in it. <laughs> she is. Though it also is a good way to show how her daughter is going to also be a badass. Yeah. She I, saw it in her mom. I really can't wait for her to show up in WandaVision yeah. and see what she's like as an adult. I don't remember who's been cast as adult Monica, yeah. but I'm so excited that they're going to do that. Oh, me too. It's going to be great. Yeah. Speaking of it being a flashback, uh, they get like a lot of mileage out of it being in the nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a they... lot of goofs based they have on all it. the music. They have the technology is foiling them every now and again. When she goes to the library or whatever to, like, use the computer. <laughs> oh, I think and it was, like, an, a computer bar kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And she's flipping open the pads and stuff. <laughs> like, they get a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah. By far the best, like, haha, it's the 90s yeah. joke is when they are uh, loading up the black box recording <laughs> uh-huh. on Maria's computer. And they're all just sitting there for, like, a full, like, uninterrupted 20-second shot. <laughs> yeah. And she's like... What is happening? <laughs> Downloading. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very good. There's yeah. some good goofs in there. It's a really like funny movie. It is. I mean, a lot of a lot of MCU stuff has a has a nice like edge of humor to it to a yeah. greater or lesser degree. But this one was definitely like a lot of fun. Just a sin, all the set pieces are really cool too. Like the escape from the Pegasus facility is really good. Yeah. And the uh, whole showdown <laughs> using, using the flurkin. Yeah, <laughs> the whole showdown in the lab, the space lab, uh, yeah. Marvel's lab is like just really good. All the Cree, his Cree squad has like cool weapons, mm-hmm. and the flurkin is great. <laughs> Fury and Maria are great. They uh-huh. have that cool like after they escape. Maria has like the cool dog fight with Minerva. Yeah. And wins, which is very good. Kind of a shame to yeah. kill Minerva like that early. She's a pretty like yeah. fairly major Captain Marvel villain, right? I think so. While that's happening, like Carol up in space, like blowing up all the accuser ships and stuff, <laughs> is awesome. That's so good. It it kind of reminds me of Doctor Who, how he always will manage to do something big to turn away the bad guys and say. I'm protecting the earth kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's under my protection. I loved the part when the scrolls first landed down on earth and they saw their humans. Oh, so yeah. So they had to change real quick. And <laughs> Two of them picked the same <laughs> yeah, person. They did basically the, well, well, one of us has to change. Yeah. <laughs> they chose the same human to change into. <laughs> the lead scroll, Talos. Oh, he's is, so fun. Yeah, he's I love great. Him. That actor does a very good job as well. I need to he look does. up. I can't think of his name. But yeah, <laughs> the scrolls in general, I feel like they did very well in this movie. In terms of character design, like they look just like the comics. Yeah, they do. I liked that. It's so tricky to do these movies 
and surprise an audience that mm-hmm. is a fan of the comics. Yeah. Like... We were expecting Scroll Wars, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, knowing that this movie had scrolls going in, it was like, okay, they're going to, this is going to be set up for Secret Invasion or the Kree Scroll War or Mm -hmm. some big, you know, thing like that. And the midpoint twist of like, actually, the scrolls are the good guys. Yeah, that was so smart. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. They they do a really good job of just like they don't ever say Jan Rog's name until really late in the yeah. movie. So like they they do some tricky stuff to try to like mess up comic fans where they're yeah. like people who really know the comics might just assume that mm-hmm. this guy is Marvel. And yeah, because they never call anyone Marvel until the last part. Unless you are watching with subtitles, in which That's case, true. in the very very <laughs> first like. Sparring match that they have. It says Yonrog grunts at the bottom. Yeah, they kind of give us it away. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like that. I think that was really smart. Yeah. That they took some pains to make you surprised, even if you're familiar with the character and her backstory. I also think that they did a really good job of giving her essentially like the rogue backstory of like losing all of her memories and stuff Mm. without actually being able to use the x-men character rogue because they didn't have the rights at the time yeah Uh, it does make me curious how now that disney does have the rights Mm -hmm. to rogue i'm really curious how they're going to have those characters interact on screen in the future because yeah that's confusing yeah I mean, Rogue is, like, such an important part of Carol's history. I would say Carol is important for Rogue's, too. Because isn't oh, well, that yeah, part sure. of why she decides to turn good? Because she has all of Carol's memories. Yeah. Well, and it's also, like, why she has superpowers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than her, you know, power stealing or whatever. Yeah. That's why she can fly and punch and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I mean, I love, Rogue's one of my favorite X-Men. Yeah. So I, I want... I feel like I got a little vampire for a second there. <laughs> I want. <laughs> I want her to be a major player. <laughs> um, yeah, I, <laughs> I really hope that the <laughs> Disney does X-Men justice. Yeah. And Rogue's got to be a part of that. Rogue oh, is yeah. amazing. Do you think she's going to be portrayed with the same southern drawl? I mean, she better be. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it's, which way do you think it's going to be? Like, they had it in the anim- the comic, not comic, uh... The animated series? Yeah, or is it going to be more like they did in the movies? Well, they better bring in the lady that voiced her in the animated series as the actress. I don't care that she's (laughs) probably, like, way too old at this point (laughs) to convincingly play, like, a 20-year-old rogue. (laughs) Nah, you can do it. They have CGI and shit. I mean, they made Carlson and Fury look young in this. Coulson? What did I say? Carlson? Wow. Um, My bad. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> I'm super curious what Captain Marvel 2 is going to be like. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Me too. I think it could be. You know what I want it to be? You know what I actually, <laughs> what I wrote down in my notes while she was like flying around, blowing up all the ships in space? Did you write down her going into space? Because she did that for a while. No, this is my exact note right here. Okay. Boom. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Brood War would be good. Yes. And that'd be a good way to tie in X-Men, too. Yes. I want a Brood War movie, and Carol has to be there. That would be fantastic. 
and I mean, now that they've got X-Men, like, they can have, she can know Wolverine like she does in the comics. Like, they're old war buddies and stuff. That'd be so cool. That would be great. I, this movie also has probably my favorite, uh, like, final battle of any Marvel movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When she's on the one-on-one fight. Yes. So good. Gets to the, like, I I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it was controversial or not. I didn't really pay pay attention. I could, it wouldn't (laughs) surprise me if people, like, ragged on it for being anticlimactic or something. It was so good, though. It's so amazing. Yeah. Like. If you, for some reason, haven't watched it yet, she takes out all the fleets above. Well, takes out a big one, and so they turn tail and run. Um, So she then lands uh, where Yon-Rog was, and they gear up to fight. He has his weapons out. (laughs) And then he's like, he drops them. He's like, you know what? You gotta prove yourself. I was told you, you, uh, could... You had a fight with me with no powers. Come on, prove yourself to me. <laughs> yeah. And she just blasts him in the face and yeah. is like, no. I have nothing to prove to you. It's, like, the, <laughs> it's the absolute best. Yeah. Because that is 100% what we, like, that is absolutely what the dude that we have just watched for two hours would yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely for sure, <laughs> no doubt in my mind that he is the kind of douchebag uh-huh. who would do that. And why would the, he think it would work? The fact that she just like shuts him down <laughs> and is like, Literally. "No, that's not that's not what's happening." Is yeah. just the absolute yeah. best. It's a good way of her breaking free of him too. Yeah, I also earlier than that, her big like. Kind of, I would say, defining moment in the movie when she is locked into the Supreme Intelligence. It's showing her all the memories of her, like, getting knocked Mm. down, and then she gets back up every time. Yeah. um, Is genuinely, like, moving. It is a, that is an amazing scene. It is. One of my favorite, like, Marvel scenes to date, I would say. It's very empowering. It, it kind of makes you feel like her. Like, yeah, let's do this. Let's take on the world. Yeah, it's so good. The one thing that sort of soured it for me a little bit on this watch mm-hmm. was the other half of that scene, other yeah. than just, like, the getting up, is uh, the Supreme Intelligence mocking her for being human and is like, yeah. well, you're only human. You couldn't stand up against the Kree or whatever. And Very she's stupid. Carol is like, you're right, I am only human. And then she, like, has the get-up montage and, like, kicks ass. Which is real good um, and doesn't work anymore in the comics. Yeah, that's true. (sighs) They made her half Cree. Which I kind of hate. Yeah, it's not my favorite thing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand why. Right? Like, it doesn't... It seems kind of pointless. It does. I mean... In the more recent things, I haven't read it yet, but she has a Kree sister, apparently. Oh, that's true. So maybe that's why I I don't know. I also, the miniseries where that, it, that retcon was introduced was The Life of Captain Marvel. And uh, I kind of, even before that reveal, I was a little soured on that miniseries because yeah. I felt like it really tried to, like paint her dad in a good light. Yeah, it tried to humanize him when he was just a piece of shit. Right, like, he's a bad, 
dude and yeah. he was a bad dude for basically the entirety of her comics run. Yeah. And they try to excuse it by being like, well, he was going through this other stuff. It's it like, doesn't excuse <laughs> being shitty to your kids and wife. Right. Like, he was still a bitter misogynist. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. But I'm glad that the um, movies, I, I mean, they can't really introduce that retcon in the movies <laughs> the way that it's been set up. Yeah. But I think that's okay, because... They don't always have things match up movie to comic. Oh yeah, I'm I'm glad that the movies won't be able to go that way. <laughs> I, yeah. I just I don't know. It's not like the worst plot twist in the world. I just don't really like it. Yeah. Do you have any other big thoughts about the Captain Marvel film? Um, I asked you this while we were watching it. I just want to propose this question to the listeners: If a scroll could take the form of a superhero, would they then get their superpowers as well? I th- I think no. Yeah. Because Super Scroll. Oh. Super Scroll is a scroll who can do all the Fantastic Four things, yeah. and I think that if all the Kree could just do that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't like Super Scroll wouldn't be a big deal. Like everybody would just be like, well, yeah, like <laughs> I can do does, that too, buddy. Does Super Scroll have those powers because he changed into the Fantastic Four? No. Why does he have them? I think he ate a like a DNA bagel. Like (laughs) they got all the Fantastic Four DNA and they put it, they mixed it all up into like a creamy spread and he put it on a bagel and he just (laughs) chowed down on that son of a bitch. (laughs) That that is a good point though, that they do make a very big deal about him. So they probably can't do that kind of thing themselves. Yeah. Or at least not yet. I really want Super Scroll to be in a movie also. That would be cool. Yeah. I want Hulkling. Yes. I. It looks like things are heading towards new or, uh, Young Avengers in the films. I mean, yeah. Cassie's aged up enough to be stature now. Which would be uh, Ant-Man's daughter. Right. Wanda and Vision are getting a TV show where who knows, mm-hmm. maybe they have some kids. That's true. That reminds, I just that just occurred to me. Has uh, has Viv ever interacted with Wiccan oh, or Speed? I don't know. Because they're half siblings. That's true. Huh. That would be interesting. That would be we should look into it. Yeah. Kate uh they've kind of Well Kate of... Kate's supposed to be in the Hawkeye show that on makes Disney Plus. Sense. Yeah. They could yeah. totally do this. Yeah, I think the only person... I mean, they've got scrolls now, so they could theoretically bring Hulkling into yeah. it. Yeah. They've got the setup for Wiccan and Speed and uh-huh. um, Stature. Mm-hmm. And... That just brings... I don't remember either of their names. Iron Lad is one, right? Yeah, well, they've got they've got a setup for that now, too, because uh, that's the only reason I could think of that they would bring that kid from Iron Man 3 back mm, for Tony's that's funeral. Right, yeah. Like. But does that make sense? Because Iron Lad isn't really from our universe. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to want to get into that. That's fair. Not unless. It's kind of complicated. Yeah. Not unless, not unless Kang ends up being like the next Thanos or something. Yeah. And even then, I think, because they had to start establishing this stuff before they got the Fantastic Four rights back mm-hmm. and yeah. real Iron, you know, comics Iron Lad is a, is Reed Richards great grandson or whatever it is. I forgot about that. 
So I think that he would have been off the table. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I it's just um, the Captain America Patriot or yeah, yeah. What I think is Patriot. Yeah, he they don't they haven't set him up yet. He was apparently supposed to he was going to be in Black Panther. Oh, that would make sense. But they cut it for time or yeah. something like that. I feel like they could just introduce him and Yeah, game. he could maybe anchor the actual yeah. Young Avengers movie like it could be about him gathering the exactly. others cuz that's basically how it is in the comics, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I I think Hulkling is hopefully on the way. Yeah. For those who don't know, Hulkling, though it sounds like he is a little Hulk, he's actually the like what the prince of the mm-hmm. scrolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's great. He's green though, so duh, Hulkling. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering too if we were talking about this a little bit yesterday after watching the movie again, because a lot of people have guessed like, well, they introduced Cree or uh, they introduced scrolls, mm-hmm. so. I wonder, you know, maybe that could be set up for secret invasions yeah. or uh, or Cree Scroll <laughs> War or something like that. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering, Marvel just had the big Empire event that centered on a new Cree Scroll War and yeah. Hulkling's role in it as like the new leader of the Scrolls Ooh, and stuff. They could bring it all together. Right. I kind of wonder if they'll maybe head in that direction since it seems like they're setting up Young Avengers yeah, anyway. that'd be really cool. I don't think Secret Invasion would work very well right now, given that they've established the scrolls as likable. Yeah. Like, you know, they're they're the heroes of Captain... Or, I mean, not the heroes, because Carol they're, is the hero. Like the but Right, like, they are pretty much unambiguously good guys yeah. in Captain Marvel, so it would be kind of weird if they were like... Well, but now that all this time has passed, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> Beep boop. Hey, this is future Ethan. So we recorded this before Disney Investor Day, and then at Disney Investor Day, they announced that there's going to be a Secret Invasion TV series. So I was totally off base on this one, which honestly, I'm really excited about. I think that show is going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, just wanted to, to pop in and point that out real quick. Uh, I'll... Let my past self get back to it. If they were to go in a direction more like Empire or something like that, where it's like, hey, they're just still fighting the Kree and Earth heroes need to get involved or something. Yeah. That makes more sense to me. I haven't read Empire, but... Same. I want to, though. I do, too. I actually heard really good stuff about it. I remember when it was first announced, some of the people that we are friends with that follow comics... We're kind of like, is this just going to be a retread of, like, a story from 30 years ago or whatever? And then those same people being like, oh, this actually turned out pretty well. (laughs) So I'm I'm also pretty sure that in a tie-in to it, Scarlet Witch accidentally reanimated, like, a thousand dead mutants or something. Yeah, probably. So That'd be a good way to just, like, jumpstart all the X-Men stuff. Yeah. Just, like, restart. They're all back now. Oh, no, I mean, like, as zombies. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, I think that, that could be really cool. Yeah. Did you have any major complaints about the movie? I don't think so. How do you feel about the reasoning behind Fury's eye patch? That's kind of annoying. I like how he kind of let rumors do themselves. Like, he, he'd never said how he got the eye patch. <laughs> right. Everyone else just kind of upped the ante for him. 
Right. But he obviously has claw scratches across his eyes. Though I did notice this time. At first I thought it was just, how did he lose his eye just from the stupid scratches? But when it happened, he said, oh, just a scratch. <laughs> yeah. And the... Talos is like, mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm wondering if it's like some weird poison or infection Oh, yeah, or that's gotta be it. It's yeah. gotta be a fucking thing. So yeah. on the second watch, I'm more okay with it. I, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I don't love it, yeah. but it doesn't really bother me. I did sort of wonder, related to that, when they all get captured on Marvel's lab, mm. the Kree are like, okay, go take the flirk into blah, 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 yeah. shoot everybody out else out into space. And it's like, you guys know that that's super dangerous, though. Like, why wouldn't you just kill all of them yeah. immediately? I mean, it's not important because, like... Obviously, nobody gets shot out in the space anyway. Yeah. And later on, when they get recaptured, <laughs> they do say, like, okay, just, just throw everybody into space. Yeah. Like, whatever, don't save the cat. It's just, it felt we- like, this time, I noticed that. Yeah. Specifically, that they were like, kind of weird. okay, here's the little, you know, muzzle, and we'll put it in a little, <laughs> like, cat carrier yeah. and take it away and kill everybody else. But it's like, yeah. Your little like beep boop device just said like this is super dangerous. Yeah. Don't just don't toss it mess out. with it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I it was, was mostly. I think it was mostly just so they could show the cute little cat muzzle. <laughs> I and have probably be snarky about it. It's a good joke. It's it a is. good gag. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I like the Stanley cameo in oh, this one so a good. whole lot. That was I, nice. I like uh, I like Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, and I like that. He was reading the script to Mallrats and yeah. like practicing his lines. Just, That's really funny. I just liked the look they exchanged. It was so nice. It's a little. It's a little like gilding the lily a little bit yeah, because it's kind of okay like with it. yeah. <laughs> it is. It's one of those like willing suspension of disbelief. Like yeah. well, there's not really a reason for her to like stop and smile yeah. kindly at this old man, but it is nice. It is. You know what I think would have been better, though, mm. is if... If he punched the old lady? <laughs> <laughs> no, is if the if, if that scene were similar, but, like, what they should have done, they should have had her walk past Stanley, who's reading the Mallrats script, yeah. and it's, like, a fun little, like, ha-ha-ha, Stanley cameo. Yeah. And then she goes, like, two rows further, and somebody's, like... Got a magazine over their face, and she pulls that away, and it's Chris Claremont, and she does the happy smile look at him instead, Aww. because like Claremont did so much for Carol, yeah, and he wrote the Miss Marvel series for a long time, mm-hmm. and after I don't want to like get too deep into this because it's really messed up, but Carol gets like sexually assaulted in an issue of Avengers. And everyone is just okay with it. And uh, Claremont threw, like, a fit about that and was like, no, 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 no. Like, (laughs) I am not letting this stand. And did a whole, I think it's Avengers Annual number 10 or something Mm. like that, where he has her come back and call everybody out. Like, you guys let a really fucked up thing happen and, like, I am not going to forget that yeah. or be, like... Be okay with it. Right. So he he was really involved with that character mm-hmm. in... Um, I think he was writing her in the 70s, like, late mm-hmm. 70s, if I remember right. And then later, like, when her ongoings got 
scrapped and and she wasn't like a regular in the Avengers anymore and stuff like that. Like he brought her into the X-Men and wrote a mm. bunch of great stories with her there. Like yeah, she kind of carried her on. Right. She'd been depowered and he used Brood War to turn her into binary and essentially yeah. give her the power set that she has now. Cool. Like, yeah, I-, I wish that there had been, I don't even think there was a nice little like, oh, you know, it's over on Claremont Street or anything like that. <laughs> like, there should have been a shout out to Claremont, yeah. I feel like. That's fair. I am also just like obsessed with Claremont as a writer, yeah. <laughs> so that might be coloring my opinion a little bit. Uh, by the way, Ethan mentioned Miss Marvel. That is what Carol was known as before being Captain Marvel. Yeah, she wasn't Captain until until the Kelly Sue run. I think so, yeah. Which was early 2010s. Also, really cool outfit change. Yes. She was a bit more scandalous in her Miss <laughs> Marvel days. Lots of leg. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of everything. Also, this was like a really tiny moment, but I thought it was funny because I there's this character actor. Um, oh, speaking of actors, I never actually <laughs> said who plays Talos earlier. Ben oh, yeah. Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is Talos. He did a he, good job. Yeah, he's really good. But there's this character actor who is in a lot of stuff as just like a background guy, I feel like. I mean, I think he's had more substantial roles as well, but I... I mostly see him pop up in movies for like a scene. Yeah. And I always have the same reaction in my head <laughs> because it's the guy that plays Komu in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm. And he is the medical examiner who does the autopsy on the scroll in this movie. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just like that scene is like he's doing the autopsy or yeah. whatever. And uh, Fury and... Fury's boss, who's actually Talos, but we don't know it yet, yeah. like walk in and uh, just my gut reaction in my head was like, oh, that's Komu. He knows everybody. <laughs> 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 Let's see. What is uh, Nelson Franklin is the actor's name. Mm. But yeah, he's on screen for all of like four seconds. Yeah, but he, he has like two lines maybe. Yeah, he always has the same haircut and the same glasses. And so <laughs> I was just immediately like, oh, it's Komu. <laughs> I guess he knows the scrolls. That makes sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up? Not really. I don't think so. I had one thing written down, but it's kind of silly. At the beginning, when she was training and stuff, she gave me strong Elsa vibes or the Jedi because you had to conceal. Don't feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know Daisy really would have been a good Captain Marvel. No. <laughs> Are you saying bad things about Daisy Ridley? No. Oh, I don't trust it. <laughs> I like Daisy Ridley. I think it's mainly the hair that's throwing me right now. I'm just used to seeing her she, brown. I know. She's blonde in that new movie. I know. With Spider-Man. Which is still weird with that, too. Unrelated, but there's yeah. a... I've been listening to that Stephen King podcast, mm-hmm. and they talked about the movie Thinner recently, just based on a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. And the guy... I think it's thinner than I'm thinking of. The guy that directed it is named Tom Holland. <laughs> and it kept throwing me every single time yeah. they mentioned it. One last thing. One of our cats, Marmalade, looks very much like Goose in the movie. Yeah, he we really does. We should have named him Goose. Or Chewy. Yeah. They have I'm, another cat like Goose in the comics. Right. I do slightly wish that it was the the movie cat was chewy yeah but it makes sense it that could, she would have named him goose yeah it could end up being mama of chewy that's true i mean 20 years or whatever mm-hmm. 20 
five years will have passed by the time Captain Marvel 2 is set, presumably. Yeah, it could be like a grandkitty. <laughs> what do you uh ha- what are your hopes for Captain Marvel 2? If you could pick any like hmm. villain or anything like that, what would you want to see? I don't know. I think I'd want to see more of her like down to earth stuff cuz there's a lot of side characters that show up that I like like she has a friend who has a daughter and kit. So it'd be really cool to have that kind of things going on, seeing like Auntie Carol kind of side. Yeah. Which we did kind of see. Yeah, with uh, Monica. Yeah. But I want to see more of her personal reaction, personal interactions. Yeah, I definitely felt like that was the strength of the Deconic run. Yeah. She had a really good supporting cast. Mm-hmm. See her interact with Spider-Woman. I would love that Ooh, so much. Yeah. They should maintain the buddy cop feel. Yeah. And have, have a Carol and Jessica movie. Yeah. That would be really good. I love that. Have other side characters just pop in every now and again, like have Spider-Man maybe just drop by. It'd be fun. Yeah. It's a little just, um, investigation kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like she doesn't have a super deep bench of iconic villains. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I was trying to think of that. You, you listed Minerva earlier. That's a big one. But I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of any one specific one that keeps on coming up again. But yeah, I also I feel, haven't read a lot of later stuff. I feel like her two big ones are like Jan Locke and Minerva, yeah. and they pretty much did both of those. Yeah. I think a lot of her things are more big time now, because she was in the, um, I can't remember what the space station is called. Oh, the Alpha Flight Station? Yeah. yeah. She was in charge of protecting the Earth from space, basically. So it was all the big things coming at her. Or she was out gallivanting in the universe so it is it was a more one-off things yeah i think just an adventure one would be fun yeah not have like a a big villain or something just kind of a or maybe like have her on her way to deal with a big villain and just have a lot of side missions come up on the way yeah that'd be fun yeah i hope i i mean my ideal Captain Marvel movie at this point would probably be Brood War. Um, that would be very good. But that requires more setup than they could do in just the next movie. I mean, yeah. unless they made it just a Carol story and excised the X-Men from it entirely. They can't do that. No, Storm's need, Storm needs to turn into a space whale. Yeah, and you have to have Wolverine fight through the Brood like, oh, so good. transition. And you gotta turn Cyclops into a gross bug man. And you have to have the tiny purple dragon. Oh, yeah, To bring it Lockheed. fully back around to dragons. Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's got to be... I, I would... I'm hoping, I guess, maybe she could... Maybe a sequel could see her reintegrating into the Air Force or something like that. Mm, coming back yeah. to Earth and... Ooh, maybe s- meet a boyfriend. Rhodes. Yeah, it would be... I would like to see... I, I like that relationship in the yeah. comics, her and Rhodey. I wonder, I, that would be cool. I wonder if they would do that in the movies. Maybe. I feel like they have an age... I was going to say they have an age difference, but she'd be older at this point. Right, yeah. She would be she presumably would... like 20 years... Well, probably not that much. Yeah. But maybe 10 years difference or something. Because Iron be Man and Rhodey were already older for the Avengers, yeah. I feel like. I mean, like... I guess all the Avengers really in the MCU are not, they're not like super young guys or whatever. Except for Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. Spidey's like the only really young one. Everybody else is 
in their like 30s or whatever, yeah, right? So, I think so. So there probably isn't that much of a difference between her and Rhodey, I guess. Yeah. Um, but if they do do that, then they can't make that the whole thing. No, yeah. It's agreed. A side fun. But I would I would Link. say if she maybe was going to stick around on Earth for a while, help out with like post Thanos stuff mm-hmm. and maybe kind of picked up her old life again a little yeah. bit. Go sort of um, Winter Soldier with it, where it's almost like a espionage thriller thing mm-hmm. of like someone is, you know, getting into these top secret military bases that they're not supposed to or whatever. And she's like trying to, to help out. And it turns out to be like Mystique and Rogue. Ooh, that'd be cool. And set up the her and Rogue thing. Yeah. Or something like that. I think that would be kind of neat. I yeah. don't think that's very likely because I think they're going to want to keep her cosmic. Yeah. Especially, I mean, like. If they want to keep her cosmic, maybe they could do what you began saying with her getting back to her life at home. And then towards the end, kind of have her have to inter- uh, become one with the Alpha Flight. Get that started. Yeah, I could see them doing an Alpha Flight thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that I... would kind of do both. I feel like it would be a little weird to put her up against Rogue now because in the comics, when Rogue stole her stuff, all she really had was like super strength and flight, right? Yeah. She didn't get her like energy powers until later during Brood War. And healing. I think she healed pretty fast. At this point, if they were to put like Cosmic Captain Marvel up against like Rogue <laughs> and Mystique, they'd be dead. Right. I mean, I guess unless Rogue like really got the drop on her, which yeah. is not impossible. She's very sneaky. They also can't really do the whole, like, lost all of her memories thing again. Again. I mean, they do it, like, every couple months in the comics, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah. It would be kind of grating in a film. (laughs) I guess we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully. I mean, they have a pretty good record so far. Yeah. Should be good. I've heard rumors that Rogue is going to be in the second one. But I don't know that... There's any of like, I don't know that those come from reputable sources or not. Mm-hmm. I just want X Men to happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want them to do Nightcrawler good because yeah. they never do Nightcrawler good. They don't. And I just want I want my fuzzy blue boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made myself sad thinking about Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah. They'll do him correctly at some point. Yeah. Hopefully I hope in so. our lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that pretty much covers Captain Marvel then. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me about Carol. Yeah, thank you for being on and talking about cool comic book things. (laughs) My pleasure. Do you have like a sign off or something? Not really. I just kind of go, okay. That's the end (laughs) of the episode, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back in two weeks with, I believe the next episode is going to be about the video game Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh, bring it back to Star Wars. Yeah. And that is going to be a fun one. So I'm I'm very excited to talk about that. So yeah, check that out in two weeks. I think that pretty much wraps it up. My cover art is by Jennifer Brown. That's at OG Jenny B on Twitter. And my intro music is Weirder Stuff by Geographer. Big shout-outs to those folks, and big shout-outs to you for listening, you beautiful, beautiful person. (laughs) Unless you're not a person, maybe you're a robot. I hope so. You big, beautiful robots. Yeah.
Goodbye. Bye. My wife. No. <laughs> <laughs>